All right, all right, all right. Welcome to Trying Success on the Old Fashioned Health Network. Good health inside and out. Today I have an amazing show, and I want to call this. I'm just going. His name is Blair, but I'm gonna call him the Dreamer. And if you look at some of his content, you'll know why I call him the Dreamer because he, uh, he he'll let you tell him. He'll he'll I'll let him tell you about that. But Pavel, thank you so much. First of all, I, I really want to give you so much praises for taking the time out to allow me to interview you because a person doing all the things you're doing and all of the the followers you have to allow you know to allow me that don't have we on this particular platform. It's not like I got as many followers as you do. And you was like, oh, I'm humble. No problem. I, I, no problem. And I appreciate that because you got some content. People is like, they'll look at your numbers like, yeah, you don't have enough people for me to be trying to talk to. But that's not your case. You just like, like, sure, not a problem. So I appreciate that. Thank you so much. Yo, first of all, that's crazy that you think I got a lot of followers. Like, I'm humbled. Well, you know, it's crazy because my therapist told me, like, we never compare down. We always compare up. Right. Because I'm looking at people. I'm like, yo, I got nobody. You know what I mean? I got no followers compared to this, you know, all these other people. But, uh, but nah, man, these, these conversations are so important. I'm just happy that you reached out to me and I'm excited to talk with you. I, I appreciate it. So tell the people a little bit about yourself. This is Pablo Martinez, yeah. And I had to ask him like 20 times to make sure I didn't mess his name up. <laughs> so, uh, you, if you hear me say it a lot, just because I've kind of don't want to mess it up, I'll just start saying that guy, um, Mr. Martinez or Pablo. I get it right. But Pablo, tell them a little bit about yourself, man, who you are and what you do. Yeah, you could also call me P, man. That's what my friends call me. Uh, but nah. Okay. What do they call you? What friends call you? Uh, P. P. All right, cool. I'm a friend already. All right, P. What you got? There we go. Yeah. I mean, I'm a, I'm a global account director at TikTok. I've been, you know, in the tech field forever, probably like 10 plus years at this point. And, uh, you know, the roles have been, they've been good. They've been relatively difficult. But for me, the hardest part, that I've had to experience working in tech was this conflict between authenticity and professionalism. Mm-hmm. I've always struggled with it and I see other people struggle with it as well, which, which is why it inspired me to launch my own company called plural, mm-hmm. which the mission behind that company is to redefine professionalism. So tell me about what do you think about uh, corporate standards or regular dress codes? What, what was your whole thing about that? Yeah. I mean, again, man, my, my whole thing, like my mission in life is to redefine professionalism. And, you know, it's funny because when you look at the the definition of the word professionalism is defined as a skill or competence needed for a profession. It has nothing to do with how you look, dress or speak. Right. But we've been trained, especially as black folks, Hispanic folks, that it has to do with more than skills. You know what I mean? Like growing up, my grandfather used to tell me, yo, do you see presidents? Do you see CEOs with beards and tattoos and do rags? And I was like, damn, nah, you know, so let me, you know, let me model my behavior accordingly. But I think what he didn't realize that he was also telling me indirectly was that in order to be successful, in order to be a president or CEO, I needed to be more white. And this is before Barack and all these things. Right. So and I think that's that's what we're trained to to believe this whole time. So what I'm trying to tell people is not like you don't have to assimilate in order to be successful. You don't have to code switch. And I wish that at the time when my grandfather was telling me that I wish I had the representation to point to and be like, yo, grandfather, grandfather, abuelo, look, look at Pabell. He works at TikTok. He has a beard. He dresses like he dresses and he's successful. Like we don't have to look at these old school people and say that that's the only way to go. Like for me, I want to create the representation that I wish I had when I was younger. How do you, uh, Live your own truth and then accept the fact that you may not get the job. 
Yeah, I mean it's it's really tough. Uh what I've noticed though cuz yo, I went I went into, into some lation and code switching so far cuz people think like oh, it's just a matter of cutting your hair or it's just a matter of wearing um like wearing a button up like nah, like I I used to dedicate hours and days out of my week to study white popular American culture mm. so that when I go into work, I would feel acceptable and relatable and all that kind of stuff. You know what I mean? Like I would study shit like Bruce Springsteen and I would watch shows that like my white colleagues watch just so that I could be relatable. Right. So like, but what I found, like even in doing some of those things, I would still get the microaggressions. I would still get the racism. So that stuff is going to happen regardless as much as we try to assimilate. Right. So why even waste the time? Right. What I often say is like, Yo, if someone's going to judge me for how I look, then why do I even want to work there? Like, for me, that's a red flag in, in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, Dubai still exists. All that stuff still exists. I'd rather work for a company. I'd rather bring my most authentic self to work. And mm-hmm. and if someone decides not to hire me because of how I look, to me, like, I, I avoided a big red flag for me. Right. right. Okay, so what what about, what, what do you tell the younger people that's younger than yourself and myself that's in uh, in college now. And, and I think it's a little different now than probably when you were even younger, uh, when you were less than, when you were not 19. So I'm sure you, you look young, but I'm just going to assume you're not 19 at the middle, right? <laughs> at these jobs already. But, but what would you tell a 19 year old that's about to be getting out of college about trying to apply for a corporate job right now? What would you, what would you tell them? Uh, I mean, it, it depends what they, it depends what they want to do in life. I mean, I think in general, I would say, dream big. Mm. I think often we, we think about, yo, I want to work for Facebook. I want to work for TikTok. I want to work for these huge companies. What if you create Facebook? What if you create TikTok? I feel like we often don't even, um, I feel like often we prepare youth for corporate mm-hmm. when they can create the new corporate right. in many ways. Right. Um, so that's some advice that I, that I would give. Now you're being on mental health as well. Do you mm. think part of mental health has to do with uh, being your authentic self as well? Or what's one of the things you drive home about that? Oh, 100 percent. Yo, therapy. Yo, when I, like my only regret in life is not going to therapy sooner. Um, OK, the only regret in life like therapy has helped me in so many ways, both professionally, romantically, personally. Um, one of the things that I was able to learn in therapy and it sounds so simple, but how to communicate my emotions. I never knew how to do that before. Right. Um, and I remember this one instance, um, where at work I was labeled as aggressive, which is like, you know, microaggression, a a lot of black folks get labeled. So I was like, all right, cool. But I had a really interesting conversation with my therapist about it. She was like, well, Pabell, were you being aggressive? And I was like, you know what? I probably was. And she was like, yo, that's okay. Have you ever felt unheard by your teammates? And I was like, Yo, all the time. I say an idea, no one listens. A white colleague says the same thing with less data to back it up, and they call him a genius. And then they tell me to take the notes, right? <laughs> and she was like, Yeah, no, that makes sense. They say that people that use a louder tone mm-hmm. is often the voice of the unheard. Mm-hmm. Maybe you were using a louder tone because you felt like no one could, was listening to you. You felt like that was a last resort. So imagine if I had the skills to go into work. And tell my teammates before raising my tone, hey, I feel unheard. I feel unwelcome. I feel like y'all don't acknowledge me. Mm. Like that, that's a powerful conversation. You know what I mean? And that's a, I feel like we often get labeled these things before we're able to build the skills 
around things like communicating our emotions, which therapy for me helped a lot. What's the difference between passionate and then uh, aggression? So sometimes I think people can misinterpret your passion about what you believe in something versus thinking that you're being too aggressive. You know, so don't, yeah. you, don't you think that may be just like a, a fine line between the two? Oh, 100 percent. I mean, in that instance, for people listening, you know, you may think like I was the first person to raise my voice. No, no, no. Like I was in a I was in a van leaving a meeting in a in a van, like an Uber XL imaginable with like five other people, all the white people. Right. Okay. Like they raised their voice and I was like still using a low tone. Somebody else raised their voice. I was like, all right, it's my turn. You know what I mean? But in that instance, I was the one to receive the label. And you know what? That has a lot to do with bias, potential racism, et cetera. Like there's certain things that our white counterparts will get labeled as like a go-getter, assertive, what a leader, commanding presence. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Meanwhile, like exactly. Meanwhile, like we'll be labeled aggressive and intimidating, scary, not a team player, all of those kind of things. So that that's another part of it. I always tell people like all the content that I produce, people think that it's only for people of color. Like not nah, like, my content, yes, is for people that look like me, but also it's for people that don't look like me to to educate them. Like you'd be surprised how many people reached out to me and they were like, Wow, I never I never thought about it like that. Like I, I never knew I was being biased or I never knew that I was applying those labels to people that, you know, weren't were needed. So so yeah, it's it's a learning opportunity for sure for people. So with the experience you've had with some of the interviews you've done or the people that you've talked to and some of the information that you've researched, do you think that um so back to the the, the getting professional counseling and stuff. Yeah. How important is it to get someone that looks like you versus someone that doesn't to get a fair representation of your counseling that you need? Yo, you know what? That's fascinating because I've only had one therapist mm -hmm. and yo, people laugh when I tell them how I got my therapist, but like I just went on the website for like at work, it was one of the benefits, right? So I went on the website and a lot of people, you know, they have specific things that they look for, right? Mm -hmm. First, they look for like, for me, it was anxiety, right? So I was like, all right, who who deals with this? For other people, it's like anxiety plus um, I want a black person. No, I want a black woman. I want a black man or like, oh, no, I want a Latina woman, right? Yeah. It's like very specific. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> I didn't do any of that. Like, okay. all I did was look for a therapist that was the closest to my train stop. That's That's all I did. <laughs> So like I ended up going to I ended up going to a white therapist white she's a white woman and for me like that's my only experience it went really well she helped me in so many areas so I, I don't have that aspect to compare it to but for me it went well so so what happens what would happen if if uh, your next therapy session that you had you just happen to get someone that's of the same culture as as ours or yours or ours yeah you know, ours yeah 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 part of the diaspora you know yeah. Would would you would you think you might see something different uh, if you did? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? Funny enough, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna try. You know, so so funny enough, the therapist that I've been going to, she's actually um, she just got pregnant again, and she's about to go on maternity leave. So now I have this opportunity to to try a new therapist. So I've been playing around with the idea of. Um, finding a therapist that that isn't a white woman to see if that's a different experience. And I'll be honest, there are certain instances when I was in therapy and I was explaining certain situations and she didn't get it. And I did find myself educating her in a sense. Okay. So I think potentially 
I wouldn't have to do that education and I would I would be understood immediately versus me having to educate. So I've I've not had to talk to I've not had the opportunity to to um well so on this network we have a couple mm-hmm. of doctors on the old fashioned network and one of them is a mm-hmm. uh uh, mental health coach and, and psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if I should say I should not have, I've had not had a chance to talk to him because I get a chance to talk to everybody that's on the network. And I spoke mm-hmm. with her and there have been situations that I want to address with her, um, that we've talked about. Mm-hmm. But what I think is for, for me, um, if I go to a black therapist, I'm already maybe have a guard up because I'm already thinking mm-hmm. we could be judgmental toward each other. Oh. You know what I'm saying? So if I say, well, you know, yeah. I spent a lot of money and I'm trying to figure out how not to spend a lot of money. I'm already thinking because she or he looks like me. The first thing I'm, I'm going to start thinking, you know, what I'm saying? I'm, I may not want to be as transparent because I'm <laughs> I'm still trying to hide. And I may not be wanting to get in the full therapy that I probably need. But by the same time, yeah. if I go to somebody that doesn't look like me, they may have some biases. So I'm kind of, right. you know, that, that, that would kind of be hard for me uh, in a sense, because even we're talking to the therapist and I know she's going to see this video. Uh, first thing she said, well, you know how we are as, as, as our people. Yeah. Yeah. And then she, she'll try to explain, but she does such a great job. Uh, but, but I'm a, even we get into a regular family position. My family, uh, my family, my doctor, my regular, uh, family doctor is an Indian guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm just like so confident. I mean, everything's like he. I mean, he tells me. I mean, I have great health. But I think uh, my first uh, doctor was a female black doctor. Mm-hmm. I couldn't do that. I couldn't. Do that. <laughs> I couldn't do the physical. But I was like, I'm not be able to do this. I can't do this physical. She's like, Well, you know, uh-uh. I'm not gonna be able to do it. I could not. I had to find another doctor because I just could not allow this woman to do the complete physical that. You know that we, I'm not ready to do it. <laughs> I don't know what it was. It just, it just felt. I don't know what that is. Something about it just felt uncomfortable. Yeah, because she looked like me, and if she had been older than me, it probably would have been. If she had been a lot older, she was older than me. If she had been more like a mother figure or grandma, mm-hmm. I probably could have did it then, because I would have felt like she's taking care of me. But to be close to my age, no, nah, that's just no. Nah, I, I couldn't. I couldn't do that. <laughs> So finally, <laughs> I couldn't do it. It's just, I don't know, that may be a mental health, a mental issue that we, as me as a black person, may have to, to deal with. So Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll report back after, after I get my other therapist. I haven't, I haven't found one yet. I'm, I'm on the search. So you want to actively look for someone of the same diaspora, the same culture this time, right? I am. I'm going to try it out. I mean, life is about testing things out. I mean, I'll be honest, like my therapist was phenomenal. Okay. Phenomenal. I mean, there were, again, there were a couple instances where I felt like I had to explain certain things, but, um, I also have to explain to her why I have, you know, father issues. You know, I have to explain everything to a therapist anyway. Right. So for me, it just felt like another part of my life that I had to explain. So I didn't, I didn't really see it as an obstacle. Like I, I'll say I got so much benefit out of that relationship okay. compared to like the potential education that I had, but I am curious to know what it's like to, talk to someone in therapy that looks like me as well. I can't listen. You got to promise me you're going to call me when we do this. Cause I <laughs> hear there's going to be a part two to this story. I, I want to hear, see what that was like for you. So you should, Sounds good. Uh, so what do you think the state of the country is in right now, based on all of the information that you received and some of the stuff you had on your TikTok and everything? What do you think the state of the country is in right now, based on what you could see? 
Yeah, I mean, that's a that's a broad question. I mean, in in my space, when I think about professionalism, though, and, and authenticity, I am starting to see the tides shift a little bit where people are a little bit fed up mm-hmm. with hiding who they are, with assimilating. Um, and I think it has to do with, you know, COVID, people working from home, yep. people just overall feeling a little bit more comfortable embracing who they are. Mm-hmm. And it's now at a point where companies are trying to hold on to their employees so badly because everyone's quitting, like they're willing to do certain things. Right. So it's providing a little bit more flexibility. And also people are just a lot more comfortable bringing themselves into work. Like I have so many women that DM me and I speak to and they're like, yo, if it wasn't for COVID, I would have never worn my natural hair um, Mm -hmm. to work on, on a call with clients. Mm -hmm. You got like a whole bunch of those type of things. I mean, it's the first time we're video conferencing and we're in many ways like inviting people into our homes. Right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, and we're getting to know our coworkers on a different level. Like for COVID, it was the first time someone asked me, how are you feeling at work? You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So from an authenticity and professionalism standpoint, I'm very optimistic around where the world is and, and where it's going. Do you think do you think companies are 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 giving the people actually what we really need as far as coming back to the job. Like for instance, um, people don't have a problem with cutting, you know, I'm probably getting, uh, we're probably, I'm probably getting back to a video that I think I saw that you had posted. Are they really interested in giving us what we really want? Are they trying to, yeah. they, they're giving us different things. But are they giving us what we really want or what we really need? Like they give you yeah. the time flexibility, but are they really giving us the dollars, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, speaking of dollars, that that's actually one of my it's my my most viral post to date. Um, hasn't even been on TikTok. It was on LinkedIn. Mm. Uh, like in the first week, I, I did a post and it hit like three million views. Wow! On LinkedIn, and it was about Latina Equal Pay Day. But I mean, the same thing could be said for um, women black people as far as men and women mm-hmm. there's so many disparities when you compare us to our white male counterparts right? Right, right and the post was me asking the question like yo how many people know how much money you make right right because for me before that post no one knew my my own mom didn't even know how much money i made my girlfriend didn't know my friends didn't know um the only person that knew was my my accountant that does my taxes you know what i mean so but i've realized the the one of the reasons why there's a pay gap is because of us is because we don't talk about salary openly. So I just posted my entire salary openly for people to know. And that shit just went viral. And you'd be shocked the number of conversations that I've had around like, wow, this inspired me to ask for more money. This inspired me to talk to my team about how much money I make. Um, and like, we need to take more control over that, over that, and not rely on corporations just to help close the pay gap. Like we can close the pay gap with just having some of those transparent conversations. Okay, so now devil's advocate. I'm, yeah. I'm all for let, so let's just say you I say I'll I'll, I'll, I'll expose my salary, right? So well, I'm making a hundred thousand dollars, right? So I say yeah. I'm making a hundred thousand dollars, but then I'm living as though I'm making a lot less or a lot more. Then that leaves yourself open to, especially if you're working. Well, it may work as long as you're working from home. But I'm imagining if I'm working in an office environment and everybody yeah. knows what my salary is, uh, mm-hmm. which is could be good or bad because then um, 
it, it becomes it could become you know there's bully atmosphere in corporate America. Remember, remember when bullying was yeah. really bad in corporate America at one point? Yeah, um, sure. I'm thinking if you're making a hundred thousand dollars a year and then but you coming in looking as though you're making three hundred thousand or not, then that just leaves room for those bullies or those people to have uh, have in their mind comments or whatever they want to theories or whatever they want to have about you. And sometimes it could affect your regular work flow. You know, you're trying to work and you got other people. Just got just off office gossip. Just the less they know, the better you are in certain cases. Yeah, you know what I'm saying. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. Okay, tell me what you think. I mean, I agree. If uh, if I know I'm making a hundred, if, if if we're doing the same job and you making more money than me, that's gonna be a problem. And we're gonna need to go to the office and figure out what what, what what's the problem. I, I get it from that standpoint, but then I'm also yeah. getting it from that standpoint. If we both making the same amount of money. But then we got to deal with the, I guess, just the opinions of others about where we should or should not be. You know, I think the less people know about you, the less they have to say about you in certain cases. Yeah. I mean, the truth is, though, like in many situations, we aren't getting paid the same amount of money, though, which is why there's a pay, there's a wage gap. You know what I mean? I'm not saying that the chief marketing officer should get paid the same amount as you know, the marketing assistant, they're different levels of experience on all of those, but all of the marketing assistants should be paid the same amount relatively. Right. right. But there are so many instances where the marketing assistants, if you're a white man, mm-hmm. you get paid a lot more than if you're a black woman with the yeah. same resumes. Right. Right. And the only reason why corporations don't want us to talk about salary transparently mm-hmm. is because we're getting paid differently. Yeah. So if we were all getting paid the same, it wouldn't be a secret. Everybody would just know. And it's not like these things don't exist. Like there are many corporations and industries where salary transparency is a thing. Mm -hmm. Like teachers, everyone knows how much teachers get paid. Everyone knows how much principals get paid. Everyone knows how much police officers get paid. That hasn't changed anything. It's just private organizations and they get away with that. That's how they get away with like cutting salaries. So, so what about this part of it then? So um, from a racial standpoint, the the racist situation Mm -hmm. we go through as black people, uh, so yeah. I'm working. So let's just say I'm back at corporate America, AT and T, and my counterparts. As a matter of fact, when I was there, it wasn't very many black people in some of the positions yeah. that we had. Yeah, and I'm already knowing that this person is making more money than me. I just trained you, and then now you yeah. make more money. It's, it's like a given, right? And it's yeah. not going to make it any better that if I that is just posted that that yeah. uh, Larry's making more money than me, and I trained yeah. you, and then company or the structure of the company uh structure of things is not in my favor anyway so the benefit of me knowing it's just gonna piss me off more yeah i'm not gonna yeah. change it so i mean i'm trying to figure out what how much is that gonna help me versus piss me off more and probably make me i guess it would help me because then i just go start my own like hello i guess i did so yeah yeah, yeah. i feel you on that i mean the, the theory is if 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 someone calls out the disparity the theory is that you can at least make an, an informed decision on what you want to do. You know what I mean? You can either go to HR and be like, yo, like this per like I manage this person. Yeah. He's going to pay more than me. Mm-hmm. Like, are y'all going to do something about it? And they'd be like, no. And you'd be like, all right, well now I can make a decision if I want to leave or not. But without that information, you might've stayed at that company forever getting underpaid. You're right. Like the, the decision isn't to stay at the company. You can just leave the company, go somewhere else to get paid. Um, but imagine if you're applying to companies though, mm-hmm. And on the job description, it even says how much that job is offering. 
So you can leave that job knowing how much you can even get as well. And they actually just passed a law in New York where this is actually going to go effect in April, where all job postings are going to include salary ranges. This policy also exists already in Colorado and in a few other states. So these policies exist. It's just not at a federal level yet. And probably in blue states more than anything. Maybe. Because I can't, I can't imagine them doing it uh, in some of the red states for various different reasons because there's so many biases in so many different areas. But you yeah. know, I, as talking to you more about it, it does make sense. Uh, transparency does benefit you at some point. Either you're going to stay there or you're going to leave and do better. Sometimes you're yeah. forced to go do something different, you know. So I guess yeah. I, 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 I'm, I'm with you on that. That, that, that does make sense. Uh, Secrecy yeah. only helps the corporations. Yeah, they, yeah. Yeah, you starting your own company soon? I already got it, man. Plural. What's, okay, and how many employees do you have right now? You, you, you hiring or what you got going on? Uh, it's, it's just me right now. So, I mean, uh, it's, it's a media company lifestyle brand on the mission to, to redefine professionalism. So, on the media side, it's the podcast. On the lifestyle side, we, we do art and apparel. Um, we're expanding it to Web3 with the NFT project that's going to launch later this year. Um, but at the end of the day, whether it's the, the podcast, whether it's the art and apparel, for me, they're all vehicles to create the representation that I wish I had when I was younger. You know what I mean? And for me, the end goal is for me to create policy change, um, whether it be at an organization, whether it be at a local level, federal. But I would love to be the reason why like certain policies change when it comes to professionalism. OK, this is my final question, because now you mentioned NFTs. Yeah. 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 OK. Uh, <laughs> what's your thoughts on NFTs? How, 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 what do you think that's going to be in the next two years? Because it's already moving fast. I'm trying to. What what do you think it's going to be like in the next two years? And the, the, what are the, what are the pros and the cons? That's what I want to know. Yeah, yeah, I I love it. Uh, I think it's the future. I think you're already seeing a lot of companies um, dedicate resources to it and go into this space. And um, right now, I think you're see, I think you're seeing the use cases for for just digital art, but it's going to expand to a lot of different um, a lot of different areas, industries products, et cetera. Um, the cons, the pros, I think it puts the wealth and the ownership into the individual or creator's hand versus the corporation's hand. Cons, I think a lot of people are just jumping into it because it's just like the new hot thing to do, mm-hmm. but they're not like educating themselves completely. But uh, yeah, I, I highly recommend, if, you, if you're going to get into NFTs, I highly recommend you starting with blockchain technology and cryptocurrency and understanding that as a foundation right. and then nfc is just a use case for blockchain technology okay so th- this is so important because when you uh, so the difference between blockchain cryptocurrency mm-hmm. and nfts are what <laughs> yeah yeah so Think, think of cryptocurrency just like it's, it's a digital currency, essentially. Right. So that's so the most popular one is Bitcoin. Right. The, the next most popular one is Ethereum. There, there are like hundreds of cryptocurrencies out there. Right, right. Blockchain is just um, the technology that's used to um, record transactions. Mm-hmm. Imagine like I sell something to you. It's recorded on one block. Right. One transaction is one block. Mm-hmm. So let's say you make another transaction, that blo- that's another block. And these blocks are all attached to each other, creating a chain, blockchain. Right. So NFT, if I sell an NFT, then that's a block. 
and it just keeps being attached to this blockchain and this blockchain is endless imagine like every single transaction just gets added and added and added to to the blockchain um and it just creates this record system that is very difficult to hack compared to credit cards um in in its most simplest terms that's kind of what it is so I'm I'm really confirmed that you are a genius because <laughs> on several things you got I didn't know about the blockchain and the cryptocurrency thing that you were doing. Uh, I am I'm really proud. I'm, I'm I'm happy to know you, man. So you're gonna have to uh, stay in touch. I'm I'm gonna stay in touch with you because yeah, you're doing some great things. You are doing some. Thank you. I appreciate that. Amazing things. Now, so besides, so we got your you got your own company. We know you're mm-hmm. doing crypto. We know you're doing. Uh, uh, we're doing blockchain and you're doing EFTs. Do you have a piece of uh, art out somewhere you already done? You got some EFTs out there? What you got? Yeah. Well, I've, um, the art that we've created, we actually launched the company with digital art. Okay. And we've just been, we were uploading it to Instagram. So right now people can buy the art for art prints and canvases. Like the art that you see behind me is, yeah. is from the brand. It's all around my experience around professionalism, either insecurities or things that I faced or things that people have talked about on the podcast. For example, the first design that we did was for the New York Yankees. It wasn't for the Yankees, but it was of the Yankees. Right. And I don't, I don't know if you know, but the Yankees have a facial hair policy. No, I didn't know that. They don't allow their players to have beards, dreads, afros, braids. Your hair can't even be past a certain length. And it's all around this idea of what professional, a professional is supposed to look like. Right. Mm So, I'm trying to change that stereotype. I'm trying to reimagine what people will look like in certain professions if they were allowed to be their most authentic self. Right. So I've been doing that in the physical world. I'm going to release this digital art in the, in the through NFTs as well. And again, it, it all, everything goes back to redefining professionalism. I want people to look at that and be like, Oh shit. I didn't know a doctor, a firefighter, uh, a lawyer, a baseball player could look like that because, because we've been trained to believe that we have to look a certain way. The the, the uh, most benefit for me for that is it definitely helped our culture of people in my mind because we try so hard to be what is acceptable. So it, it, if it's going to benefit anybody the most, I would have to believe that it's going to accept. It's going to help our culture because yeah. it's too much we have to do to try just to get to. We ain't even talking about getting to the table. Let's just get in the house first, and then we'll maybe we'll just take a place where we can get one. But doing what you're doing will make a major difference, major difference. That's what I'm, that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying, I'm trying to create that representation. I appreciate what you know. I really do. You got to come back on this podcast. No, I think I'm supposed to be on your podcast next. I'm going to, cause then you can, I can tell you all the things I'm doing I'm, at that time. Dope, dope. Thank you so much, man. Please tell people how they can reach out to you, how they could find out all your information, whatever you want to share, uh, NFTs, whatever you want to share, have at it. Yeah, uh, you can follow me on Instagram or TikTok at plural. That's P-L-U-R-A-W-L. You can also add me on LinkedIn at Pabell Martinez. Um, and there's a lot of updates coming in 2022. Okay. All right. Uh, where did you come up with the name plural? How is the name? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so plural without the W. Okay. Um, if you really break it down, it's, it really just means more than one, right? Okay. Um, and plural is actually the same word spelling wise and meaning in both, in both English, well, English, Spanish, and Portuguese, right? Major languages spoken in Latin America. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to show people that you don't have to be the same singular version that you see in corporate America. You can 
you can be successful and be yourself, hence plural, more than one. Okay. All right. Man, thank you so much yeah. for being on the show. I really appreciate you. Look forward to hearing from you soon. Uh, you'll be hearing from me soon, if nothing else, all right? I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much for being on the show. Have a great rest of the week and try to stay uh, warm. Thank you. <laughs> you as well. Bye. All right, later.